homily for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, February 7th, 2021, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks. Here's a statement you likely don't hear very often. Let's talk about Job. Seldomly do we hear from the book of Job during the Sunday liturgy readings, so I'm going to spend the lion's share of today's homily diving into this part of the Old Testament. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. We prayed this as the response for our responsorial psalm a few moments ago. The adjective brokenhearted applies as well to Job as anyone. His story brings to the forefront some of humanity's most pressing questions in a way that no other part of Scripture does. The book of Job, 42 chapters long, is placed under the subcategory of wisdom literature rather than as a historical book. We can't determine who the author is, and as far as scripture scholars can guess, the book of Job dates to around 400 to 500 BC. Neither can we determine if there was an actual person named Job. However, that doesn't invalidate such a work inspired by the Holy Spirit as it is or the timeless lessons it teaches. Before we examine today's reading, we need a quick overview. The book of Job begins with an assembly in heaven. God pointed out Job as an exemplary, virtuous man. But there is another character named Satan, which literally means accuser. Satan is very cynical. He contended that Job cannot possibly be as good as God is making him out to be. Remove the material blessings Job has, Satan told God, and he will blaspheme you to your face. You'll see. So God and Satan came to an agreement. God gave Satan permission to torment Job in some pretty awful ways. One after another, like a row of dominoes falling. All sorts of heart-wrenching catastrophes occurred, involving the theft of his property, the death of his adult children, and a disease that caused sores to develop all over his body. Job was reduced, in short order, to the very depths of misery, to the point that his wife couldn't understand why he didn't curse God and die out of sheer despair. At this point, Job's three closest friends come to be with him. This is a noble gesture. They set aside their other obligations to look after their pal and his misfortune. But soon there is a problem. These friends have drawn the conclusion that Job must be to blame for what has befallen him. They implored Job to admit to what he had done. God is merciful. He'll forgive you. Stop being so stubborn. In order to understand this exchange, we have to take a short detour and look at the concept of justice. If we consider the judgment of God to be sovereign and unfailing, It means that God is in charge of rewards and punishments for everyone. But what if there is no afterlife in which to work this all out? It must then be left to this present life to dole out rewards and punishments. Job's three friends were reflecting a prominent opinion of the age. Those who suffer had it coming because of their unseen wickedness, whereas those who prosper have been virtuous and are receiving a benefit. Much of what Job has to say is an argument that life does not unfold that simply. Job wasn't perfect. Who is, after all? 
but there was no ugly critter in his closet. He had no major offense toward God or neighbor on his conscience. Job's many outward acts of piety were not a ruse to keep up appearances. His plight echoes the ancient question, Why do bad things happen to good people? Here's an example that came to my mind. Once upon a time, back in the Stone Age of the 1980s, I remember some of the families in our town who were the first to purchase a VCR, video cassette recorder. Remember the first generation of them? They were huge, heavy, and about as wide as the TV they sat on top of. My classmates and friends who cared about soap operas asked their moms to use that novel device to record their show so that they could watch it that night. Each series seemed to have a villain who did despicable things, such as Victor on The Young and the Restless or Stefano on Days of Our Lives. What little I knew of these characters was that despite their treachery, they were financially secure. None of them seemed to be hurting. If the logic of Job's friends held true, those scoundrels would have been reeling from personal tragedy, instead of living high on the hog. So Job was a humble and pious man, as God had testified. He cared deeply about doing what is right and avoiding what is evil. Job was grappling with why the world seemed so unjust. The dramatic point is this. Would Job give up on all he believed to be true about God? Or would he rely on God to help him? Would he fall for the temptation that God is some sort of absentee landlord who saw fit to abandon him in his time of great need? Toward the end of the book, God spoke to Job out of a whirlwind to reaffirm his wisdom and goodness. Essentially, God told him, I have the solution that you are looking for, even if you cannot see it or find it in the places where you are looking. Continue to trust that I have your best interests at heart. Well, in today's gospel reading, Jesus pressed on from one place to the next, knowing full well how easy it was for some people to turn their backs on God. There may have been lots of people whom Jesus met who thought to themselves, My life on earth is a drudgery. Is happiness in the cards for me or not? What does it matter if I play by the rules and behave myself? Jesus brought a lot of people newfound hope that his father cares for them. Whether Simon Peter's ill mother-in-law, the infirm folks of the town of Capernaum, or those in all the other towns he visited. The Lord's mission was too important for him to to stop and let the praise wash over him. He needed to bring more and more people the good news. Thanks to Christ and his church, we know so much more about the justice and mercy of God than Job's pals did. One of the best-loved verses from Job is his declaration, that I know that my Redeemer lives, and that my own eyes shall behold him. Jesus assures us today that no matter what befalls us in this life, we can make Job's words our own. Amen.